You're listening to Pastor Jesse Miller of City Lights Church. Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 21. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Verse 22, then, they, then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be well and live. And he went with them. So here's what's happening, okay? We are not going to talk about Jairus today. So you're like, why did you just read that? We're getting to another story, okay? And then we'll come back to Jairus. So there's anticipation here. There's a, they come back, and there's a crowd waiting for Jesus. They're ready for him. And it says that G- Jairus comes up and he says, Jesus, you got to heal my daughter. Put your hands on her. She'll be made well. And Jesus is going with him. Okay? Make sense? So here we are. This is what we're going to look at today. Verse 25. And there was a woman who had an, a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. It was no better but grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. Now let's look at the scene again. You have Jesus teaches some people. He goes in a boat. He calms a storm. He delivers a demoniac. And then that town kicks him out. He comes back. And scripture says that this, the crowd gathered around him. The actual word is thronged, like they pushed in. It was a, a, a really big crowd. Who's ever been like in a really crazy crowd? I remember my first concert when I was like eight. I went to Carmen. I don't know if any, not Carmen the opera singer, Carmen the old Christian singer. So you guys may know this stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it brings back old memories. I was like eight years old. I'm in Baltimore at this arena. And when they opened the gates... To go in, you would have thought it was the biggest pop star on earth. I'm, like, about to get trampled by Christians watching, wanting to see Carmen sing Satan Bite the Dust. It was a lot. There is a mega crowd here waiting for Jesus to show up. I think this is interesting because on one side of this sea, you have a crowd that's heard him speak, and they're just waiting for him. On the other side, you see him cast out a demon, deliver a man, and they're ready to kick him out. There's a paradox here of two different minds, the same Jesus and the way that they receive him. So he comes across, and there's two people lined up. They're ready. Jairus is there. Jesus, you got to heal my daughter. And then you see this woman with the issue of blood. She's waiting. Now, I want to look at this verse again. Let's look at 25. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but grew worse. Twelve years, this lady had a problem. This lady had a problem with her blood. Um, Most scholars believe it's like a menstruation problem for twelve years. Think twelve years. Where were you twelve years ago? I was still in high school twelve years ago. my, My problems twelve years ago were a lot different than my problems today. I really, I mean, my problems was getting my license, Um, and my mom was not a very good teacher, and I had a 1970-something Chevette that was a stick shift. I mean, that was my problem. I couldn't get a girlfriend. That was my problem. Uh, Sorry, (laughs) being honest with you. Like, these these were the problems. I cannot imagine having a, a real serious health issue for 12 straight years. Maybe some of you guys have been through something like that. I don't, I don't know. But think, this is not just a story. This is a real person who's had a real issue for 12 years. 
For 12 years, it says that she suffered much under many physicians. She's, she'd been to every doctor. It does, suffered much doesn't really mean that like, they were being mean to her, like abusing her. They were just trying to figure out what's wrong. Suffered much. She'd gone through every test they, they could think of. She'd gone to every doctor that people put their faith in for 12 years trying to figure out what was going on. She had spent all that she had, it says. All of her money, all of her investments were tied up into how can I get better? How can I get my health back? Who can heal me? Every bit of her, her income was going to fixing this one problem. And then it says, but she, grew no, she was no better, but she grew worse. This is 12 years of frustration. 12 years of, of physical ailment. I can't, personally, I can't imagine what that looks like. I'm just, I've, I haven't lived there. So I'm trying to put myself in that position. It's a long time. See, this, she's, this is a woman who's fighting for her health. I think, when I think of fighting for health, I'm thinking of a new diet. Like, oh, I'm giving up some food for this month. Like, or I, I got like a, whatever. Uh, I broke my arm or sprained her wrist. These are little things that we can fix with a quick little program, a quick little pill. Or go to the doctor, set things right. Like, there's a surgery for it. This is a lady who's fighting seriously for her health. Mark Twain, I like this little quote. It's a little random one for you. The only way to keep your health is to eat what you don't want to eat, drink what you don't like, and to do what you would rather not do. How many of our diets are like that? I really don't want to eat another, another pistachio again. Like, I don't want another fruit diet. I don't want a juice. I don't want... Maybe, maybe, okay, I'm dieting right now, in case you didn't know, so this is a personal frustration. I've had, I had nothing but almonds and, and pistachios all week long, so it's frustrating. But uh, we'll get through it. It's for a better cause, I guess, right? Mark, I, I'm eating what I don't want to eat. I really don't want to get up in the morning and just have water. Um, sorry, it's, I'm just being honest with you here this morning. I would rather have my kids' candy that's in the cupboard that should be disappearing right now. But um, anyway, this is a lady who's got, this is not some like, I I don't want to really drink that. I really don't want to, oh, I'm giving up bread for the month or I'm giving up dairy. Oh, Mark, you know my frustrations with that. Um, This is not some lady who's just given up something. This is a serious health problem. This is not some lady who's trying to go organic. Like, this last week I was in, uh, if you're all about organic, I'm not bashing on you here. That's, that's your preference. I'm not going to go against you here. But we are in Wegmans this last week, and my wife walks over and she sees this turkey. She's like, guess how much this turkey is? I'm like, I don't know, $30, $40. She's like, this is $140. I'm like, $140 for a turkey? She's like, well, it's organic. I'm like, I don't care if it was playing backgammon in the middle of Central Park for the last two months. I don't care if it's free reign. $140 for a turkey. Well, if you have the money for that, I'm not bashing on you, but I can't afford $140 for a turkey. Um, This is not a lady who's trying to be health conscious. I want you to get the difference. I think a lot of us feel like we're suffering when we're trying to be healthy. This is the lady who needs a cure. She needs health. Twelve years of real pain and suffering. See, she had spent 12 years of, of guesswork, too. Have you ever been to a doctor and they're like, oh, it could be this or it could be that? I recently just had this, where the doctor gave me a list of literally five different reasons why I could be getting headaches. Like, thanks for giving me of the all of the above category. I'm not really interested in that. 
I want a, uh, this is the problem, let's fix it. I remember um, about two and a half years ago, I was, I've always had bad ankles, and I'm very flat-footed, okay? So it's not a good combination for me. Um, and I remember one, like, month, I literally, I was walking in Dixon City Walmart, and I could not walk anymore. The amount of pain that was in my ankle, my, specifically my left ankle, was so bad, I, I, I couldn't walk. And I had, to go, I had to go, like, halfway through Walmart, and there's no benches in Walmart. Like, that's the one time I thought, wow, there should be a bench in Walmart. This would be a good idea. There's no benches from the electronic department in the back to the cash registers in front. And I, I literally had to, like, lean on, like, the towels because my foot hurt so bad. And I'm starting, like, this has kind of gone on for, like, a few weeks where I could randomly, the pain would just be unbearable. And so finally, I call a foot doctor, the foot specialist. And I go to the foot specialist. And uh, he's, like, one of those guys who's, like, super friendly, like, you know, he makes a lot of friends, but he wasn't really, like, wanting to spend a whole lot of time figuring out my problem. Um, I, I don't know if that, you know, those guys, that, that's my doctor, my foot doctor. Um, and he looks at my foot, and he's like, well, did you sprain it? I'm like, no, I, di- I haven't done anything to trip or fall or sprain. I've done nothing different. I've been walking on this, and nothing's happened. He's like, well, hmm, let's, uh, have you done, I think it was ibuprofen? I'm like, have I done ibuprofen? Really? That's the first thing you go to. Tylenol, ibuprofen, some kind of pain. Yes, I've done that. He's like, well, maybe, maybe you're just a little swollen. Maybe it's just, I'm like, I have big feet, okay? These are big ankles. They're not swollen. I know what they look like. I've taken the pills. This is not the deal. And uh, he's like, well, let me prescribe you these extra strength, pretty much extra strength Tylenol, right? And he's like, come back in two weeks and we'll see what happens. Well, two weeks later, I'm still in pain. He's like, well, let's give you an injection of, I think it was cortisone. I'm like, if you say so. I'm like, but I didn't sprain anything. He's like, let's just inject it. I come back like two weeks later. I know, literally. He's like, let's just inject it. So he gets his needle out. All right, come back in two weeks. He didn't, he wasn't even telling me what the injection was at first. It kind of freaked me out. So I had literally, I'm like, wait, wait, time out. What is this? And he told me what it was. He's like, yeah, let's try that. Two weeks later, come back. I'm like, he's like, are you still in pain? I'm like, I'm not crippled today. But it hurts a lot. And he's like, well, let's do an x-ray. So we do an x-ray. Like, this is my third visit. We do an x-ray. X-rays don't show anything. Well, why don't you just keep on with the medicine? I'm like, how about we do something different? So finally they send me for an MRI, come back with the MRI, and there's some, like, there's like a genetic thing in my ankle where my tissue fuses together or whatever. But it had taken literally like two months. And by the end of that two months, the pain kind of was just like, I don't think he cured it. It just was, like, no longer there. It had been two months, and I got used to it. Like, this is a process. You guys, I don't want that when I go to a doctor. She had spent 12 years of, eh, let's try this. 12 years of never fixing the problem, going doctor to doctor, spending all of her money, and they can't give her an answer. There's no, well, let's do this. This is actually what the doctor told me after they figured out, hey, you got this issue. Well, you could just kind of tough it out. I'm like, well, today I don't have pain. And this is a, my prayer, my praise. I prayed about it. I really don't have any pain, especially like that, in my foot anymore. Um, but his other option, other than toughing it out, was we could do this, though. And this isn't even, he's like, he even said this. He's like, this isn't even proven to me right all the time. We could go in. We could break your ankle. We could, I'm not kidding. We could 
go in and cut out those tendons, rip them out, and then you would be in a cast for, for about six or seven weeks you wouldn't be able to work. And he's like, but you run the risk of it coming back again because it's a genetic thing. I'm like, so you're saying you could break my ankle and tear out stuff and it might not work. Yeah, you could do that if you want. I'm like, I'll tough it out for a bit. So that's where I'm at right now with my ankles. I'm toughing it out. They, don't, they really don't hurt that bad. Um, anyway, I don't, this lady had been through it. She had done like, okay, let's, let's figure it out. Let's do this operation. Let's do this procedure. Let's spend this money on that. She had done the whole round of it. And 12 years later, still no cure, still the same issue of blood. I hope you're getting that this is a big, a big thing for her. We'll look at it a little bit more here in a minute. See, here's the funny thing, though. Verse 27, 28, let's look at this. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I can touch even his garment, I will be made well. See, she heard of him. Someone's testimony, somebody declaring what she, they had seen Jesus do, spoke to her. She all of a sudden had faith in a Jesus as her cure when 12 years of doctors had failed her. I want you to get this. This is bizarre to me. 12 years of seeing every medical professional, and she hears of this Jesus who healed some people, and there's a faith in her heart that says, if I touch him, I will be made whole. To me, right, put myself in, I got 12 years of sickness, and I've been to the the top doctors in, in the world, and then somebody tells me, hey, there's this guy who used to be a carpenter, and now he's a preacher, and uh, he'll fix it. I'm probably going to be like, mm, I doubt so. Well, maybe not. Maybe if he's in my, in my town, maybe I'll swing by and check him out. This lady says, if I touch just, just his clothes, I'll be made well. This is a very bizarre, supernatural faith that comes on this lady. After years and years of disappointment, she has faith in a Jesus she's never met. She's heard somebody say what he's done. Somebody's testimony, somebody's voice exclaiming what they've seen Jesus do carried an anointing in her heart that changed the way she viewed things. See, this was not a hope, I hope it works, or well, it doesn't hurt to try mentality. Well, maybe I'll just try Jesus. This is a, this is a if I touch him, I'll be made right. She knew that part, just part of Jesus was better than anything the doctors had, to, had at all. How? See, she could have, like Jared spoke about this this morning, she could have just stayed in her functional, dysfunctional normal. Well, this is just the way that I am. I'm just sick. I'm broken. Nobody can cure me. I'm just okay here. But she heard something that changed her. She didn't want to stay in her dysfunctional normal. Does that make sense this morning? See, I want to, I want to point this out. There's a difference between hearing a rumor and receiving a revelation. I'm going to say that again. This is the moment you're like, oh, yes, let me write this down. There's a difference between hearing a rumor about who Jesus is and receiving a revelation of his character. Transforming work moves in our stories. We've been speaking over this the last few weeks about this demoniac and how he shared his story and that town was changed. The transforming work of God carries on our stories that gives people revelation. 
There's a difference between hearing about Jesus and receiving a Holy Spirit revelation of who he is. I think churches are very often full of people who have received rumors or information about a Jesus, and they haven't received a revelation of who he really is. James chapter 2, verse 19 says, You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do what you do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? I say that to say this. She didn't just hear and believe about the existence of Jesus. She had a revelation that he will make her better. And she acted in faith and went to him. She pressed through that crowd, that crazy, packed, it says thronged about him crowd. One translation actually says stifling him, that Jesus was stifled. They're trying to get somewhere. There's, remember, Jairus is with them. The disciples are with them. They've got an emergency. There's a daughter who's dying. They're going there through a thick crowd. And she's like, he will make me better. I have to touch him. I've received a revelation. So she goes after him. See, she received a revelation that caused an action demonstrating her faith in him. Verse 29, and immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. She received a revelation that caused immediate faith in action, and she received immediate healing. This is who our Jesus is this morning. This is who our God is. Twelve years of sickness gone. Twelve years of weeping and, and loneliness gone. Twelve years of financial issues and disappointments and seeing this doctor and that doctor, they're now gone in a moment. This is who Jesus is. I I hope you're getting the excitement that I have because I can look personally at myself and say, these years of frustrations here, these, these brokenness here, this loneliness here, I can go to him and in faith know that he will make it better. See, this is who Jesus is. Years of brokenness, it's all gone. He's done it for her and he can and does do it for you and I. See, we get a, gl- a glimpse of this today. We, we get bits and pieces of this Jesus today. We get it. I'm excited, though, that Scripture promises us that Jesus will one day come and put a final end to every bit of brokenness that you walk through, to every sickness, every disease, every insecurity. Scripture says that he will come and we will all touch him and he will put an end to every bit of brokenness. That's exciting news for me this morning. The heartaches that I walk through and the heartaches that you walk through are different, but they're all going to end. They will all end when he consummates his kingdom here on the earth, and that's really beautiful news. In the meantime, though, we get pieces of this Jesus in, in our lives, and I hope that you can feel this. See, she had faith to be rescued. She had faith to go to him saying, I will be healed because I know that he will do it. She had no logical reason to say this, really, but the Spirit The only thing I can think of is the Spirit was on that testimony and caused a quickening in her heart to give her faith despite her past experiences. I know many people that their view of God is based off of their past experience and not Scripture or not a revelation. I'm sure some of you do as well. Or maybe you're all just falling asleep right now. They're like, "Eh, football starts in an hour. We all know that person, that their entire view of God is based off of a past experience and not a present reality of the kingdom. Not, not even a future reality of the kingdom. That's the best place to put my faith in. 
that one day all the things that I don't understand, he will make right. I don't understand my present brokenness, but he does and he will fix it because that's his promise. She had faith to be rescued. I want you, if you're writing things down, there's two things here. Faith to be rescued is number one. She's like, oh, only one more. We're halfway there. Yay. Verse 30. This is where it gets kind of interesting. Jesus, not kind of, it's been interesting to me the whole time, but this is where it gets really crazy. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole story. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. So here's a, here's a situation. Jesus is walking through this crowd. It's tight. There's a lot of people there. All right? And she pushes through. She touches his garment. She's, a heal, she's healed instantly. Jesus discerns this. And he asks, hey, who touched me? Now, the disciples are kind of sarcastic here. Jesus, there's a lot of people here. You want to know who touched you? Let's all raise our hands because we all bumped into you in the last few minutes. Like, they're, they're being kind of smart here. Jesus, really? We got, a, we got an emergency and you're taking a break? You're taking a break to figure out which one of us touched you. Do you want, do you want to give out autographs next? Like, this is, you guys understand, there's a, it's a strange situation that Jesus is stopping here in the midst of going after Jairus' daughter to take a moment. Now, it's not like Jesus was really confused that he's like, wait a minute, I felt something different. I don't know. Let's line up. Which one? Eeny, meeny. This is not, this is Jesus who knew the hearts of the Pharisees. We've seen that already in Mark, that he was able to look at them and perceive their thoughts. This is Jesus who knew that Judas was going to betray him. This is Jesus, the creator from the foundations of the earth, who is omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent. This is Jesus, Right? It's not like he didn't know who touched him. So why does Jesus ask this question? Why does he stop here and want to know who did this? See, what I didn't tell you, what I didn't point out about the woman First let me say this. Jesus could have left her sneak back into the crowd. He could have just let her go, be like if I was Jesus, I'd have been like, "Ah, that was cool. She just touched me. She's healed." And I just let her go. You could, he could have done that, just been, like, happy internally with what just happened, right? But he didn't. He gave her a chance to be on mission, all right? He gave her an opportunity to be on mission with him. See, what happened, what I want to point out about this woman is not only does she have a health issue, but she's unapproachable. She's untouchable. According to Leviticus 15, if you're a woman and you have an issue of blood, if you're menstruating, you are Physically and spiritually unclean. You have to go wash yourself and then wait till sundown and then you're clean again. If your cycle goes longer than usual, not only are you unclean and you have to be washed when it's over, then you have to go and make a sacrifice. And anybody who touches you, they're unclean as well. If she touched anybody or they touched them, not only is, or is she already unclean spiritually according to their law, but anybody who bumped into her is unclean. Anybody around her, she's unapproachable. And she goes and she approaches him in the midst of a thick crowd. She pushes through anyway. She committed a huge no-no here because she believed that there's a healing on the other end. This is the woman 
This is, a, this is not just a sick lady. She's unclean. See, this woman's afflictions, they not only brought discomfort and discouragement personally, but it prevented her also from worshiping at the temple. If you're unclean, you can't go to the temple and make your sacrifices. You can't go and worship the one true God if you're unclean. So for 12 years, she's socially unclean, she's spiritually unclean, and she cannot go to temple and worship. The place where God is, she cannot go there. I hope you get the picture of this. This is 12 years of complete brokenness and loneliness. Verse 33, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole story. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. See, now she pushes through. Jesus calls her out. He makes her identify herself. And in front of everybody, she says her whole story. She's in front of this whole crowd, and she says, I have been unclean, and I pushed through the middle of you, bumping in the people left and right, and I touched you. I touched you, Rabbi. I touched you. And now I'm healed. She commits a big no-no, and she, she has to embarrass herself in front of everybody and say, I've been unclean, and I just did this. The crowd and Jesus could have all reacted like, wait, wait, what? You did what? Now we have to go. We have to go bathe. We have to do this until... Instead, Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. You're made well. Go in peace. Jesus gives her a chance to share her story in front of all of them. And he lets her come to him and worship and bow down in front of his feet. She could not worship her God for 12 years in temple. And Jesus gives her this opportunity in front of everyone to say her story and to worship at his feet. This is a beautiful moment that shouldn't be overlooked. See, in everyone else's eyes, she was unapproachable. She was not worthy to be loved, to be touched, or to worship. I think a lot in our own minds, in our own thoughts, we can begin to put all these brokenness in our minds, and we can look at ourselves as unapproachable, as unloved, broken, or or not able to worship. Like, I have this in my heart, so I'm not able to worship. I have this going on right now. So they, they view me negatively. They don't want me to be a part of this because of this going on in my life. Here Jesus says, you get to come and worship me. You get to lay your brokenness down. You get to touch who I am. This is who our Jesus is. Jesus gave her an opportunity for her faith to be on mission. She had faith to be rescued, faith to be healed. Now she has faith to be on mission. She got to tell her story. We, we have her story, her brokenness, and her healing written down for us. If our worship team can come forward, I want to spend a little time here this morning. Maybe, maybe there's a brokenness in your own heart, or there's, maybe you're that woman with the issue, whatever it is, that needs a revelation of who Jesus is. Maybe you've got to be able to see beyond just believing that he existed to realizing that he is good and he is our healer and we are able to worship at his feet. 
it's interesting. Um, most commentators and theologians will look at that last part of what Jesus says. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. A lot, the, a lot of theologians would look at that and say not only was he healing her of her physical sickness, but of her spiritual sin as well because of the terms and the, in, the implications that those words, go in peace and be made well, seem to relate at that time. Jesus isn't saying to her, okay, I've healed your problems. Now go make a sacrifice. Go, go do this at the temple so you can wait till sundown so you can be made clean in front of everybody. He says, you're made well. Go in peace. You, you are at peace with me. You are at peace. Maybe, maybe this morning there's something that's been in your heart. You need to just come and say, God, I want to be at peace with you. I want to lay my brokenness down. And I'm asking, I trust that you are the healer of my brokenness. You're the healer of my disease. You're the healer of this. Whatever it is, maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe you've already received your healing. Maybe you've received your, your, your breakthrough moment. And you recognize Jesus that he is the one who has healed you of your disease. But you have not been given the opportunity or you haven't taken the opportunity to stand in the midst of the crowd and say, I was sick, I was untouchable, and he has changed me. These last few weeks we've talked about the, the demoniac guy being able to go and we showed the video of G- Jimmy's story. This morning, I I want you to realize that we all have different stories. We all have a different moment or a different brokenness in our hearts. And I want to encourage you to be able to lay it down, but not just to have that faith to lay it down to this feet, but that faith to go on mission with him. To not be embarrassed by your story. To not be afraid or ashamed to share it, but, but to take the opportunity to share your story with somebody. It might look ugly, but he doesn't. What he has done is not ugly, it's beautiful.